You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. You come to the site now, I have the Start Sit'em column up there for week two. You can check that out and uh, get into uh, all the recommended plays there. We've been talking a lot about those as we broke down the matchups yesterday. I'm matchup focused on... Wednesday with uh, Jeff Ratcliffe of Pro Football Focus, and that's also a teaser for today's guest, uh, lineup focused with Tyler Lochner of Pro Football Focus. So double dipping of PFF here to uh, close the week and uh, get you into the weekend looking good for your fantasy football lineups, whether you're playing in a year-long or daily fantasy with FanDuel DraftKings, uh, Tyler will come on. Uh, he's examined uh, all the plays and the prices points for all these players. And uh, we'll talk to him about some players, uh, notes, and uh, guys that have good value and the guys that you're willing up to pay for this week. Now, one thing I find uh, very useful, and this is why uh, we've teamed up with uh, PFF and uh, love their great analysis there in fantasy football as well as reality. Well, another thing they do that is very good that you can check out the site and a reason to go there is their matchup charts. And they do a great deal of uh, research there. Wide receiver, cornerback. I love that part of their site where it really shows you which wide receivers have the advantage in particular matchups and uh, which studs you can expect to have big weeks to help you to know who to pay up there in uh, fantasy daily games, whether it's a GPP or uh, cash games, and as well as guys in your lineup that you can feel good about, maybe that you don't, wouldn't normally want to get in there in your lineup and uh, may, maybe help you break some ties there with who you want to put in there. And... A lot of good weeks for studs here if you look at PFF and a great time to subscribe, get into uh, their inside analysis that you won't find anywhere else in depth and looking at the snaps and plays and uh, looking at who's shadowing who. Well, it's a great matchup for the elite receivers this week. Uh, Julio Jones, we'll talk a little bit more about him with Tyler, but he gets possibly a rookie there in Dante Jackson for the Panthers and then Antonio Brown just lit up the Browns and now they get the Chiefs who just couldn't stop anything there. Steven Nelson is going to be pretty overwhelmed there. So he's the projected matchup. Keenan Allen goes into Buffalo. He's going to get a pretty darn good matchup there as well to take advantage of being moved all over the field working the slot that really helps him uh, get away from Tredavious White. So that's going to be of help. Michael Thomas steps into another fantastic matchup against the Browns. who just got ripped by Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster of the Steelers. So feel good about that. And DeAndre Hopkins, Malcolm Butler didn't have a very good debut for 
the Titans, and he goes up against uh, Hopkins. A little banged up, but Hopkins should play here, and Butler really not looking good so far in big free agent signing, but Hopkins can, can definitely take advantage of that matchup and be very productive uh, this week. So the elite receivers are looking good. They're elite for a reason. They're always going to have an advantage over guys that they're lining up against. Stefan Diggs, the Packers are probably going to have Tremont Williams on him for most of the game. So older cornerback there, Diggs is going to be in a great position to succeed. Tyreek Hill, it's going to keep rolling a young receiver there that's uh, on the upside and facing a young corner that's pretty good, Mike Hilton. But I think Hill with the speed, he's going to be having an advantage over everyone he goes against this week. So a lot of good things developing there with uh, what you look at at these uh, cornerback wide receiver matchups. They can be very helpful. Uh, one guy we'll talk about more, Nelson Aguilar, very limited look at this uh, depleting Buccaneer secondary. Brent Grimes didn't play. Vernon Hargraves is now hurt. He's probably going to go up a guy against a guy named MJ Stewart at working in the slot. So I just love studying these charts. And on the flip side, you can also look at guys that are maybe running into brutal matchups this week. And I think the Patriots definitely qualify there with Chris Hogan running up against either AJ Bouye or more likely Jalen Ramsey for the Jaguars. So you want to avoid those type of situations. And Young receivers can also get overwhelmed by above-average corners as well. So it's a good week to avoid what you're looking for in the Patriots when they go up against the Jaguars. A lot of going to be in the middle of the field working there as well. So both ends of, end of the spectrum are covered there with those wide receiver matchups and a, a great tool that you can look at on Pro Football Focus. Another thing that I look at as well is the tight end matchups and seeing who is struggling at their tight end. Look at Jared Cook that has another good matchup there because Broncos corners can contain what's on the outside again like the Raiders struggled against the Rams so figure more Jared Cook has a chance. I think people were worried about Zach Ertz and uh, maybe limited game had drops and did not look the right way I think he'll have a big bounce back game this week against uh, Chris Conte, just an overwhelmed guy that can't really make a lot of plays. The Saints didn't really go to Benjamin Watson as much as they could, but uh, there's a chance there. And according to PFF, Benjamin Watson has a really good spot here against uh, the Browns. And Jabril Pepper is a little overwhelmed, not a big coverage guy yet. And Watson should be a little bit more involved here. And why I like Watson as well is I don't think the game flow is going to get out of hand there for the Saints. They're going to be playing from ahead, and that means more run blocking. That means Watson's more out there, play action, uh, playing off Alvin Kamara and throwing in to the red zone. Rob Gronkowski, Jalen Ramsey's talked a lot about Rob Gronkowski and shutting him down and doesn't think he's all that good. Well, Gronkowski's going to be a little bit more motivated, and he's not going to be in that one-on-one matchup. As much as they'd... Try to put Ramsey on Gronkowski or Bouet or someone like that. I still think it's going to be in the middle of the field. So Gronk can uh, be very effective this week and continue his uh, hot start to the 
season. And Evan Ingram and Trey Burton, I'm not really high on Ingram yet. I have to see what he does. But the Cowboys uh, can be vulnerable there. They've had some safety issues. And uh, you look at the Seahawks, uh, also some safety issues there. Moving on from uh, Cam Chancellor. So some open things up for Burton. And uh, David Njoku, I'm going to recommend more. I think this connection is going to go well with Tyra Taylor a little bit better this week. So I expect Njoku to come through and actually score with Tyrod as that uh, relationship develops as well. He's got a nice plus advantage there, probably facing Von Bell, a team that uh, is it's weak at safety. We saw Williams struggle there, Marcus Williams, uh, in week one. So there's some uh, vulnerability there. And, uh, and I really think uh, Njoku is going to be a bigger part of that uh, offense going forward. He's playing all the snaps and playing a key role. So it's a matter of time before his athleticism hands puts it together and uh, is an impact player for that offense because we saw there Antonio Callaway, Richard Higgins, they're not in the mix as much. Josh Gordon still warming up there. So a lot of Jarvis Landry, a lot of uh, Josh Gordon, and a lot of uh, David Njoku there in that uh, passing game going forward, I think, for the Browns. You'll see a little bit of Duke Johnson, but so far we didn't see a lot of that connection there from Tyrod Taylor. So Njoku is a guy you're looking at. So a lot of young tight ends, volatility there, but if you're going into the DFS route, you cannot go wrong with paying up for Gronk as we saw last week and uh, totally worth it uh, in matchups like this when they can take away the receivers. The receivers are particularly limited now in New England and a guy that uh, I'm going to try to stack in a lot of opportunities I can with Tom Brady. Now, ever since I started this podcast and uh, breaking down these games from a fantasy football perspective and uh, also making these picks as I do at Sporting News uh, weekly against the spread, I've been doing picks for a long time there and uh, looking at fantasy for a long time. So a good uh, 15 years plus analyzing all this stuff for Sporting News but let me tell you this, I want to make sure I'm betting in the right place, putting the knowledge to work for me. And the best place to do that is at my bookie. And my bookie, they've been in this business for years. Uh, they're a brand I trust as well, like Sporting News. And you can get in there now with the, the most rewarding player perks in the business. They know this industry well. They have the best games. The site is easy to use. They have live in-game wagering, so you can wager on the go very easily there, and that's the best part. You can get in the action uh, and uh, be comfortable about it and uh, know that uh, if you're playing well and you're making the right calls there in a given week, you're going to get rewarded, uh, and uh, they're going to encourage you to want to be there and uh, return and uh that's what my bookie does. There, you play, you win, you're going to get paid very quickly there, and that, that that's what they promise, and that's what they deliver there at my bookie. So, the best part about it is that we have a special promo code for locked on fancy football listeners. It's called locked on. Very simple to remember. Locked on, and what you get with that at my bookie is the deposit bonus and. Uh, Really, there's no better time to dive into that realm and uh, put your knowledge to the test than the beginning of a new season and new opportunities and uh, things that we're developing. And 
the best thing is if you're a fantasy football player, you can also bet against the over-under of a player's particular points in a given week. So all kinds of ways to play and most importantly, win there at MyBookie. It's the best place to get in on the action. MyBookie, you win, you get paid and play, have a good time and use that uh, promo code locked on to take advantage of that extra deposit bonus. When we get back here, Tyler Lochner of Pro Football Focus will be here to let us break down further the key things that we're looking for on FanDuel and DraftKings and DFS. Joining me now, as promised, as he always does here for lineup focused, is Tyler Lochner of Pro Football Focus to help us with some uh, good DFS advice this week. How's it going, Tyler? Hey, Vinny, I'm doing great. Uh, Still riding that high from week one. That was quite the week of football. It was actually one of the most fun weeks in recent memory. Uh, At least just a ton of scoring and all the players we expected to do well did well. And that's always fun for fantasy football purposes. So I love that football's back and I'm excited to keep it going for week two. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you won in week one. You got to keep winning in week two. That's the bottom line here. And we, of course. We're, we're going to find guys. Patrick Mahomes won some people probably some money last week. If you went against Green a little bit, it was a tough matchup against the Chargers on paper, but no Joey Bosa and Tyreek Hill. Him, big numbers, uh, playing the Steelers defense this week, 7,500 on FanDuel, 6,100 on DraftKings. See, guy, you're locking in again for that big upside? Mahomes is a player that I think will, if I'm making multiple tournament lineups uh, each week, uh, Mahomes is always going to be in there somewhere. I was I was hesitant to play Mahomes in cash last week just because it was his second ever start. Uh, I, I did have him in a couple tournament lineups, and obviously that that paid off. But he is a player that I definitely think you need to consider again for week two. The Chiefs are going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in what could very likely be a high-scoring game. Uh, Terod Taylor scored 24 DraftKings points against the Steelers last week, uh, and the case could definitely be made that the Chiefs have better offensive weapons. Obviously, with Tyree Kill, he's a very—he's the most unique weapon in the whole NFL. He can score anytime he touches the ball. Uh, Mahomes can can also run the ball. He scored four passing touchdowns last week, and he added five rushes. Uh, he only gained 21 rushing yards, but anytime a quarterback is taking off to run five times a game, you're going to get a pretty nice floor there. And so Mahomes is a player that. Yeah, I haven't decided on my locks for the week yet, but Mahomes is definitely on that short list. It's a good matchup. His ceiling is obviously as high as anybody's, and he's still not too expensive. So across the board, he he checks a bunch of boxes there. Yeah, looking at some value plays this week, a couple guys have zoned in, Don, here with Alex Smith is 7,100 on FanDuel, 6,000 on DraftKings, a little cheaper and very good matchup at home against the Raiders. Case Keenum, 6,700, 5,800. Alex Smith, uh, channeling the Annie Dalton, perhaps, of this week against the Colts. So which of those guys do you like a little bit more this week? A similar price. Obviously, you're going to save some cash if you put Keenum in there. Yeah, I think all things considered, I would lean Keenum more. Uh, It's a favorable matchup against the Raiders, like you said, and he's cheaper. And I just think that the combination of Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders gives Keenum a, a pretty safe 
a, a pretty safe floor. I know he threw three interceptions last week, but he also had three touchdowns. He had over 300 passing yards. Uh, Keenum attempted nine more passes than Alex Smith. Um, he had 11 more aimed passes than Alex Smith. So I just think from a volume perspective and from a weapons perspective, Keenum is a little bit better. I also think his matchup is a little bit better. Um, so if I'm deciding between those two players, I, not, 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 not that I think Alex Smith is a bad play, but if I'm deciding between those two players, I'll take the savings with Keenum. Yeah, one stack I've been looking at, actually, Matt Ryan is the same price as Alex Smith there, and actually cheaper on DraftKings, 7,100 FanDuel, 5,700, I believe, on uh, DraftKings. But he has a pretty good history against the Panthers, uh, two 300-yard games last year, had a nice uh, game there at home a couple years ago. Julio Jones went off, we know, when uh, a couple years ago, I think when Derek Anderson had to come in for the Panthers. So... That secondary, I think, was not exposed well by Dallas. I think Ryan and Julio could have a bounce back here together with big time. So Julio Jones has one of the three best individual wide receiver cornerback matchups of the week, according to Pro Football Focus's wideout cornerback matchup chart. So Julio Jones is an absolute smash. I mean, he's a smash play every single week, but especially this week with his individual matchup. And then Matt Ryan, I definitely like him as a contrarian option, particularly in tournaments. Not only is he cheap, but people will be completely off of him for multiple reasons. Number one, he was just he wasn't good last week in week one on the national stage in that first game he threw for he had decent passing yardage. He had 251 yards, but he didn't throw a touchdown, didn't have an interception, or he did throw an interception. Um, <clears throat> so that's one reason people will be off of him. He, they've, he left a sour taste in their mouth from that first game. And then additionally, uh, particularly on DraftKings, when you're setting that lineup, you'll see the opponent rank. It's got the big red eighth place next to it, indicating that Carolina – uh, is the eighth toughest matchup for quarterbacks so far this season. But like you said, that is because they played against the Dallas Cowboys last week, who didn't uh, expose the secondary the way that it could be exposed. The Cowboys have no passing options, uh, truly, and there's nobody like Julio Jones on the Cowboys. So I think it's a, a potential bounce, box, bounce back spot for Ryan. And considering his low ownership, I think he's a – I think he could be a pretty sharp contrarian play in large field tournaments. Well, I'm now looking at the running backs here. And uh, James Conner, they adjusted the price, naturally, after what he did against the Browns. So he's no longer a bargain. He's still a decent price at 7000 on FanDuel and 6700 DraftKings. But, of course, now we're looking for new bargains. And two guys that have uh, kind of circled for me are TJ Yeldon as the new James Conner, possibly playing. You have to wait. You'll see. Leonard Fournette's inactive, but 6,200 and 5,600. Then Alfred Morris, very similar running style scheme that the Lions got torched by by the Jets of 5,800 and 3,600. I think, again, another play that might be under the radar because he didn't do anything in Minnesota last week. So unpacking that a little bit, starting with Connor, even though they raised his price and he was the player whose price increased the most on both sites this week. I actually read an article at the beginning of the week highlighting players whose price increased or decreased, and Connor was obviously at the top of the list there. I still don't think his price increased enough. He's he's good for 25 touches, uh, 20 to 25 touches. Uh, he had 100% of Pittsburgh's running backs touches last week, so they don't even have a backup to Connor. He's just he's just handling it all, and he's got the matchup uh, against 
I'm blanking. Oh, yeah, he's got the matchup against the Chiefs, who actually gave up the most fantasy points to running backs last week. So it's a great matchup for him as well. And then I, I'm, I'm not sold on TJ Yeldon, especially on FanDuel, where you only get a half point per reception. I could see him uh, potentially returning value on DraftKings, but I think they increased his price a little bit too much for my liking. He still only averaged 3.6 yards per carry last week. Uh, that's that's 51 yards on 14 attempts. And then Alfred Morris is definitely cheap enough for me to give him a look. Uh, he had 12 attempts, only 38 yards. Again, a, a poor yard per carry average for Morris, 3.2. But he had a couple carries inside or near the end zone at, in the red zone. The concern with Morris is that he fumbled, though. So I don't know if that's going to... Uh, put the coaching staff off of Morris a little bit. That would be my concern with him, but he is extremely cheap on both sides, particularly DraftKings. Now with that said, Morris is not going to catch any passes. You know, he might catch one pass. So it's, it's a little risky. Um, but if you're looking for savings and comparing Yeldon and Morris, Morris is just so much cheaper, particularly on DraftKings that I think that's where I would lean a little bit. Yeah. The another situation that's intriguing to me and very similar price guys, and I think this might be the case a little bit, is Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry. Deion Lewis got the majority of the touches there, was very productive while Derrick Henry looked like just a guy. He did have a big run called back that might have changed his value, but Derrick Henry looking at it, he has a pretty good track record against the Texans, and we know he's just one big run, a way of doing something. And Another guy I think people might be off just looking at the usage from last week, but all takes for him to break a few, and uh, he's in the, the red here. And looking at uh, this run defense they're facing, they weren't great against the Patriots last week. I think there's some uh, damage to be done there, especially now with Marcus Mariota playing in that game. Yeah, so the Texans did give up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs across the league last week. So it is a favorable matchup for this Titans backfield. Now, between Lewis and Henry, I would play Lewis in cash, and I would, I would uh, lean Henry in GPPs. Lewis, Lewis outtouched Henry twenty-one to eleven. Lewis had two carries inside the red zone uh, compared to Henry's one. And the Titans are also underdogs in this game, which should lead to more work for Lewis. Once again, uh, I, I think it's clear that if the game is close or if the Titans are trailing, it'll be Lewis there on the field. Now, like you said, there was a long touchdown run. Of Derrick Henry's called back last week, and obviously if that wasn't called back, the the narrative might be a little bit different, which is why I like Henry in, in GPPs. He's still he has shown multiple times throughout his young career that he can take any carry to the house. Even though he's kind of the big bulldozer type of running back, he's there seems to be a lot of long runs for him. Uh, so I do like him in GPPs because people will be kind of off of him after his poor week, and especially because he was so thoroughly outplayed by Lewis, but. There is still some upside there with Henry for sure. Now, uh, as we move on to wide receivers here, uh, a couple guys, and uh, I think uh, Kenny Stills on a side note might be a regular wide receiver three play in a year long at this point, but 6400 and 5700 are his prices respectively. And Nelson Aguilar, the same range, is actually more expensive on DraftKings to 6100, same price on FanDuel, oddly. So of those two guys, uh, Good matchups. I think Aguilar a little bit better maybe this week than uh, Stills, given the Jets' secondary uh, gave up some big plays, but not to maybe that particular position. 
Yeah, I think both players are in play. Uh, they're obviously not names that we're super familiar with seeing in our DFS lineups. Uh, maybe Stills. Stills a little bit in the last couple of years. He, he had some touchdown upside. But uh, Aguilar saw 10 targets last week. Stills only saw five. Obviously, Stills made the most of those targets. So from a volume perspective uh, with... Um, I'm, blanking, I'm blanking on his name. The number one wideout in Philadelphia is still Alshon Jeffrey. He's still sidelined. Uh, it should be a high volume game for Aguilar once again. And with the matchup against the Buccaneers, uh, I would expect him to, to gain more than 33 yards if he sees double digit targets once again. And Aguilar did show a propensity for scoring touchdowns last year. He has a nose for the end zone. So it, it won't be long before he scores if he continues to see double digit targets. And then Stills displayed that he really is a true deep threat and one of the better deep threats, I think, in the NFL this year. He caught four or five targets for 106 yards and two touchdowns, and he actually had a drop, so he should have caught all five of his targets. His average depth of target was 15.2 compared to Aguilar's, um, compared to Aguilar's 5.2. So every target that still sees has the potential to go for at least three times the amount of yardage. So if I'm looking for... If I'm comparing these two players, I think I like Stills a little bit more. Uh, I know you might like Aguilar more. The matchup is definitely, uh, I would say, better for Aguilar. But Stills just has, it, each one of his receptions is going to be worth so many more points that I, that's what I tend to gravitate towards. Um, with Aguilar, you do run the risk of a seven-catch, 40-yard game, which might be okay on DraftKings, but not so much on FanDuel, again, with only half point per reception. Yeah, let's hope he can make some big plays this week because uh, Brent Grimes didn't play last week, and now Vernon Hargraves is down. So could be a lot of opportunities against that secondary. We we Also, looking at another price here, and a similar price, exact same price on FanDuel, 6300 Josh Gordon and Corey Davis. Gordon, however, 700 more on DraftKings. Which of these two guys at that price point uh, do you prefer this week? Uh, Gordon facing Marshawn Lattimore, but Marshawn Lattimore – looked very ordinary against Mike Evans last week. Gordon is definitely an interesting case for me this week. He was supposed to not start the game last week, but he did start the game. He was supposed to be on a snap count, and he was not on a snap count. And he only saw three targets. And while he did catch one of them for a touchdown, uh, one catch, 17 yards, and one touchdown is not going to cut it when you're priced around 6000 on FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, with that said, Gordon is what I like to call an alpha receiver. So any given week, he could have 100 yards and two scores. And I would expect the Browns to get him more involved than just three targets moving forward. Uh, like I said, he was in on the, the majority of Cleveland snaps in week one, and I would expect that to be the same or increase moving forward, <clears throat> and his target share will increase as well. Uh, I, I I do like Gordon Although I actually think between these two players, I like Corey Davis a little bit more. Davis had 13 targets, which is uh, absolutely elite usage. And with Delaney Walker out for the season, Davis's workload is absolutely secure. And he's also been used near the end zone. And so he's seeing high value targets. I really do not think Corey Davis's price will stay in this range for too long, especially on DraftKings. Uh, 5,100 just seems too cheap for Davis. I'm actually eyeing him in cash games. Uh, again, priced in the low 5,000s with the potential for double-digit targets and red zone work just makes Davis uh, a value for me there. 
Well, uh, we'll leave with a couple toss-ups at the other positions. These are key positions that can win you more than you think in uh, DFS. Uh, George Kittle, a little bit higher priced here than the other option. Uh, 5600 on FanDuel, 3800 on DraftKings. And Jared Cook, 5000 and 3600 respectively. Uh, who do you like there? We'll go straight toss-up with uh, George Kittle versus Jared Cook. Straight toss-up here between Kittle and Cook. I will go with Kittle. I know he's a little bit more expensive than Cook, but I just think his role in the San Francisco 49ers offense is more secure than Cook's role in Oakland's offense. I think John Gruden really schemed for Cook in week one. Uh, the Rams have a, a weak middle of their defense, which is where Cook was able to feast I know Cook had a huge game, but Kittle didn't have a bad game either. He had five catches for 90 yards on nine targets. It should have been a lot more than that. Kittle had he had a bad drop. He led the team in targets, and he gets the Lions this week. And last season against good tight ends, the Lions gave up some, some huge games to tight ends. So I just think Kittle is going to be more consistent than Cook this year. And for that reason, I am I'm leaning towards Kittle. Now, last one for you before we let you get out of here and put your lineups together. Uh, Jets, 3700 on FanDuel, 2500 on DraftKings. The 49ers, same price on FanDuel, but a little bit more expensive there on DraftKings, 2800 Now, the Jets are coming off a big performance against the Lions, going into a matchup with the Dolphins, who were a little bit sloppy there, got the victory against the Titans, but... The 49ers are going up against those very same Lions a short week traveling on the road. And the Niners' defense looks improved, but a lot of injuries there as well to deal with. So Jets or 49ers, who are you going with uh, this week if you're going for a sneaky defense play? Yeah, actually, both of these players are on my list. Uh, they're both playing at home. They're both cheap. I definitely think this is a week to pay down at defense. Uh, most of our values are not towards the upper end of the spectrum. If it's a toss-up between the Jets and 49ers, I will probably go with the Jets on DraftKings and the 49ers on FanDuel. Uh, the Jets on DraftKings because they're a little bit cheaper. Their defense just looks fast. Uh, but I do think the 49ers are a higher upside play. That Lions offense just looked absolutely atrocious in Week 1, and that, that came out of nowhere. Uh, at least for me, I was expecting the Lions to be much better. But maybe it's... Uh, Maybe their offense just isn't clicking, and we know that Matt Stafford occasionally just has terrible games and, and gives up huge days to defenses. I know last year, one of the, the New Orleans Saints' defense had a huge game against the Lions, and it won some people some GPPs. And I could see that being the case again here for the 49ers. So I do like those both of those defenses this week. Um, you always want to target defenses at home in DFS, and... With that said, I do think the 49ers will be a, a little bit higher owned just because the Lions offense was so bad last weekend. All right, uh, Tyler, uh, we're I think we're in good shape. We're going to go now make our lineups, uh, win some money. Everyone out there can do the same as well. So that's good to hear. Uh, thanks again, uh, Tyler Lochner of Pro Football Focus for joining us uh, here on Lineup Focused. And uh, good luck this weekend. Yeah, thanks so much, Vinny. Good luck to all the listeners as well. So a great job by Tyler there, and we love having him on this program here. And uh, 
I also love being part of this network because we're always expanding and uh, giving you more and more insight across sports. We already have our regular MLB and NBA networks up and running as well as NFL team by team, your uh, beat reports uh, throughout the week uh, to get you covered on all the teams and everything that's happening. Well, we've expanded to college sports as well. If you like BYU or Arkansas or Kentucky or Florida, if you like Penn State, Baylor, Oregon, it doesn't matter. We've got you covered there across the country. Basketball, football, we're going to take you into campus to get you up to speed as the most diehard fan of your college program. And uh, we love having those uh, guys on here. Great shows, uh, rising up the charts here, and the worthy listens throughout, just like everything else on the Locked On Network. So check out Locked On College Sports uh, Network and uh, get into the fun there as the football season heats up here in the fall. Now, Let's close uh, the show and the week here by looking at uh, the injuries that you have to be aware of. At quarterback, uh, Aaron Rodgers is the big one. Uh, A couple of minor banged up things there that we'll talk about. But Aaron Rodgers uh, should be fine. They're managing his reps here in practice. Not long in practice. Uh, He's going to be in there against the Vikings. uh, Very likely. It would be a shock if he doesn't go after coming back with that injury against the Bears. A sprain is what it's been... uh, Deemed as they might change the way they operate with him and maybe more shotgun direct and all that, but I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be fine. Carson Wentz is going to miss another week, and Nick Foles is officially the starter there in week two against Tampa Bay. Marcus Marriott and Ben Roethlisberger, a little bit concerned about both of those guys, but uh, they're going to be in there if you need them. Roethlisberger is a fantastic play. Mariota is maybe a guy to avoid. This week, David Johnson, a little bit of concern. He was on the injury report with a back injury, but he should play. Same thing with Devonta Freeman with a back issue there. When you look at Leonard Fournette with that hamstring, it's going to be a game-time decision possibly, but I would say right now the ports are leaning toward him not playing. Rex Burkhead looks on the right side of a concussion that he could be active there. If not, Sonny Michel, they might look to activate him. He's had the knee injury, had limited practice, but they might need him this week if uh, Burkhead isn't cleared uh, from the concussion protocol. So something we're watching for, for sure. When... We're looking at uh, wide receiver. There's a little bit of concern about Devontae Adams and a shoulder injury, but he's supposed to be in there. They're trying to manage him and be careful with him. DeAndre Hopkins is battling a foot, but he should be okay to go. Michael Thomas just had an illness, so he's fine for the Saints. Ted Ginn Jr. is a little bit up in the air with a knee injury, so we're going to watch that carefully. One guy that uh, you can't count on here is uh, Deshaun Jackson. has a shoulder and concussion there that he's dealing with. Uh, It's going to be tough for to go in that game against Philadelphia. So Chris Godwin, if you're looking for a sleeper there, he's the way to go. Corey Davis does have a hamstring, but he's going to have a big role there for Tennessee with the Delaney Walker out here. And Marquise Goodwin, I doubt, is going to play here for the 49ers. Quadriceps injury. They're expecting him to miss a little bit of time. They weren't sure if it was going to be a game or a practice, but I'm pretty sure he's going to miss one game. Maybe two quadriceps can be very tricky there as well. A tight end, uh, Greg Olson. We know he's not on IR, so that's one thing, but he is avoiding injured reserve. Ian Thomas is going to be the starter there, the rookie from Indiana against the Falcons. Uh, 
Tyler Eifert is a good here. Austin Sverian Jenkins, they've been battling injuries, but they're available if you need them. Vance McDonald, uh, a guy that uh, we're looking at more and more, potentially having a big role at some point. There are a lot of balls to go around there in Pittsburgh, but no Eric Berry for the Chiefs. So Vance McDonald, just to keep an eye on, maybe he'll be in there and can have an impact there. The Chiefs secondary is rather bad, however, and their run defense, so I don't know how much they're going to need McDonald to produce there at all. So there are your key kind of injuries going into week two. So far, not too bad there for uh, fantasy football. A lot of uh, defensive injuries more early in the season, but uh, for now, I think... uh, not too many concerns where you're worried, but uh, you definitely want to keep checking because things can change there with a lot of guys, and uh, we'll keep you up to date there. For Locked on Fantasy Football, we've had a good lineup focused here to close the week. Uh, hopefully you've got all that you need to know, whether you're near-long or DFS, to fill out your lineups. That's the goal here, and if you want more, follow me at sportingnews.com. Follow the show and uh, subscribe on iTunes. Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast to get this regular there so you don't look for it and you got the insight right there for you. And uh, Facebook and Twitter, very easy to find. Vinny Iyer as well. I post the shows there. So if you miss anything, you shouldn't because we'll get you caught up to date there and uh, get a great week. Eric at home, uh, Jeff Ratcliffe, Tyler Lochner. Thanks a lot to all their help and the insight this week and looking forward to having them on every week. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time.